Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. We shift our attention from the Rams' defense to the Rams' offense. It's been almost a full calendar year since the Cardinals last faced Jared Goff. We've got an update on Pro Bowl voting, plus make the case for DJ Humphreys to deserve consideration. But first, another player is off the reserve COVID-19 list. It's Cardinals Cover 2, episode 363, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side, defense caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown. Here's Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. So another day, MJ, another player off the reserve COVID-19 list. Deontay Thompson activated earlier today. So another available safety this week that brings the total to five and knock on wood. Charles Washington is okay. Jalen Thompson is okay. Those two players dealing with injuries this week. And remember, Thompson did not play. Jalen Thompson. Got to distinguish these Thompson twins. Jalen did not play last week because of an ankle injury. So good on that. Yesterday was Trent Sherfield. Of course, what the Bird Gang really wants to hear, and this is nothing against Trent or Deontay, Larry Fitzgerald. Folks, still no word on number 11. Yeah, and, you know, it's a situation where, you know, when Larry was went on COVID, it was, I, I believe it was announced on Thanksgiving Day, and then, you know, you just wonder, you know, maybe some of the other guys were, were more about tracing. Um, again, I don't know, but um, I mean, I, I definitely think they can lose Larry Fitzgerald. But if it doesn't happen this weekend, then you get him for the remainder of the season. Patrick Peterson was asked about Fitz, and we know that those two players have a close relationship. And Patrick did say that he had talked to Fitz recently. In fact, a couple of days ago, and Fitz is, quote, doing fine. Quote, he can't wait to get back. Hopefully we can get him back here as soon as possible because we definitely miss him, end quotes. And that latter part, as far as the miss, and I think we all anticipated, whenever Larry is not around, you miss him. But it's sometimes what you can't put your finger on or pick up a piece of paper and look at the final stat sheet. We know his catches, his receiving yards. He doesn't have a touchdown yet this season. But it's the calming presence on the sidelines. It's the football IQ when he is on the field. And whether or not that played a factor in the New England loss, who knows. But it does need to be brought up because it is a factor. And it's a little bit different than an injury because – as far as we know, Fitz is physically fine. It's just now he reportedly tested positive for COVID-19, and that just has to play itself out. Yeah, and, you know, just when – I like what you said, more calming when they're on the field. You know, there are times, you know, they can calm, uh, calm down Kyler or Hopkins on the sidelines. But, you know, just having them out there and, and – one thing that still bothers me from that game was just not the lack of spacing and, you know, and Andy Isabella's he's playing in the slot. So he was getting the targets instead of fits. And then, you know, got Kirk on the outside, but the, I just, maybe I'm over exaggerating, but I, I thought it was like one or two plays where you had wide receivers in the same spot. That wouldn't have happened with Larry Fitzgerald. True. And now with the full week of practice, because last week it was 
quote unquote, a little bit of a surprise or a lot of bit of surprise for everyone. And I think when any player is placed on the COVID-19 list, and this is regardless of team, if you're the coaching staff and you're the teammates, you're the players on the field, you just got to assume that, hey, you know what? It could be tomorrow, could be next week, could be next month. You have no idea. So I would expect and I would hope that if it's an Andy Isabella or a Keyshawn Johnson or whomever, Trent Sherfield, that those issues that you bring up, the spacing, guys being in the same spot would go away because it's one thing to practice during the week. It's another thing when you have an opposing defense and then, as they say, the bright lights, sure, there's no fans in the stands, but it is different when you practice and then when you get into a game situation. Yeah, and, you know, that was really the uh, first time that, you know, Fitz wasn't able to be out there. So everyone's got to, you know, everyone accepts a a bigger role. I mean, you know, Keyshawn, um, you know, I like the way he fought that to get to the one-yard line. Obviously, you know, probably having a different conversation if Christian Kirk uh, catches that touchdown. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it's just, again, I I just think it's more calming. But uh, for the most part, though, we're just going to have to wait and see and, um, but I, I do think, you know, now that they have a week under their belt for, without Larry out there, I think things will calm down. Um, now it's just a matter of, you know, taking advantage of the opportunities when they come your way. Yeah, and the opportunity this week is against the Los Angeles Rams. We'll get into that week 13 contest in a moment. Do want to update everyone on something that we've been promoting now for a couple of weeks, and that is Pro Bowl voting you can go to nfl.com slash pro bowl votes and do that through December 17th. So you still have a couple of weeks left, but we got our second returns as far as where Cardinal players rank amongst their peers at respective positions. DeAndre Hopkins and Buda Baker, which is good news. They remain the leading vote getters at wide receiver and safety respectively. Five other players in the top 10 at their positions. Kyler Murray is fifth. Two offensive linemen, Mason Cole, seventh among centers, and Kelvin Beecham, fourth among tackles. Patrick Peterson is eighth, which is one spot below where he was last week. He was seventh among cornerbacks last week. And Aaron Brewer, the long snapper, fourth among long snappers in the NFL. So, Bird Gang, you're doing your part, but we want to continue to push it. NFL.com slash Pro Bowl Votes. And you can do that through December 17th. You know, Craig, we we know how much this offensive line has improved um, from a year ago. And, and I think the numbers reflect it. Um, but what, what, what we discussed was until you get somebody that gets an all pro or pro bowl, they're not going to get the credit. And, and, and I know this is more of a team individual award, but it's also a team award when you're able to a- average over five yards of carry. And, and Kyle Odegaard, our colleague, he posted something earlier, top football-focused grades since week five. Aaron Donald, Deshaun Watson, DJ Humphreys in the 90s. Now that contract looks even better now because he, he'll turn 27 in, at the end of uh, December here, at the end of the month, and he's the ninth highest-paid left tackle. So when they signed him, he was he was probably top four. And, you know, he's making $14 million a year. David Bakhtari, you know, when you're the blind side uh, for Aaron Rodgers, he's making $23 million a year. So he's ninth. So you can go back and look 
Steve made the right decision. Didn't allow him to, you know, to test free agency or put the, uh, the cap. Because uh, last year you could have used both the tranchi- franchise and the transition t- uh, tag. So um, good for him because he's earned it. Um, I think he's definitely a leader in that locker room. And you could see that he's matured. And uh, he's becoming a really good player. But I, I don't think he's uh, peaked yet. I, mean, I think he's just scratching the surface. I think he learned how to play that position. He's only getting better, and I remember that day back in March when he came in to the facility to sign the contract, three years, $43.8 million. By the way, that feels like oh my God, five, seven years ago, and it was one of the last times that we were all together in the same room and actually could actually talk to one another face-to-face, and it was right before Humphreys went away to get married or go on his honeymoon. It might have been both. Well, I don't know if the honeymoon, but he was going to get married. That's what it was. Okay, so he – how about that? That's right, because it would have, it was a great wedding gift from the Arizona Cardinals. Yes. Let's sign you to a contract extension. One, the Cardinals wanted him, and Humphreys, I think, wanted to really be here as well. Sure, he could have tested the market, but I think he had really solidified his own personal place here in Arizona, being a first-round draft pick, and then developing over time. We have seen him – mature on and off the field. And I still remember his introductory press conference, you know, big smile, big baby face. And now here he is not only among the best left tackles, but you brought it up since week five, the third highest graded player, according to pro football focus behind only Deshaun Watson and Aaron Donald. And that's a great mark for him talking about Humphreys. And then of course, Sean Kugler, Kelvin Beecham, and everyone else that has helped along the way for Humphreys to be where he's at right now. Craig, when he when they uh, hosted that press conference, did you ever think we'd hear about the word Zoom? <laughs> no, only if I was going to, like, you know, look through binoculars and you had to, like, right. Zoom the focus or whatever, Zoom right. closer, yeah. <laughs> and here we are on Zoom today. By the way, that uh, article by Kyle Odegaard, azcardinals.com, it's titled, DJ Humphreys deserves some Pro Bowl consideration, and Kyle is exactly right. Not only is he the seventh highest graded tackle in the NFL this year, but just some of the numbers. He hasn't allowed a sack since week four. He's only allowed two all season long. And then it's what he's meant to this offense as far as protecting Kyler Murray's blind side, helping open up running lanes for either Murray, Kenyon Drake, or Chase Edmonds. And it's, if you want to say, homegrown talent, the Cardinals with a franchise left tackle. And you said it, he hasn't even scratched the surface. He can still get much better, and he's already one of the best at his respective position. Yeah, and when you talk about protecting Kyler Murray, we'll give you your weekly total quarterback hits through Week 12. Green Bay 30, the Arizona Cardinals 33. And as for the last team, the Philadelphia Eagles, they're, uh, I guess Carson Wentz has been hit 111 times. Carson Wentz has, geez. But Green Bay, they get rid of the ball quickly. Um, you look at Arizona, they're 33. Vegas is 37. Cleveland really runs the football. They're 38, so they don't take as many hits. But uh, the Rams are at 47 quarterback hits, 47. Cardinals, uh, up until last week, when they gave up five quarterback hits, they were number one, but they've been fluctuating with uh, Green Bay up and down. 
And again, Aaron Rodgers gets rid of the ball. They can run the ball. They got Devontae Adams. Uh, they just signed Tavon Austin. They got Cobb there. So um, they got they got a good situation going on. It's all about keeping number one upright and his uniform clean. By the way, some trivia for you, uh, Mike Jarekian. I know you'll be able to get this, but uh, play along. The last Cardinals offensive lineman, regardless of position, last Cardinals offensive lineman to make the Pro Bowl is who? Mike Upati. Yes, 2015. Now the last Cardinals tackle to make the Pro Bowl was who? Do I have to go back a long time? Oh, yeah. Lomas Brown. There you go. 1996. We used to do a segment on radio. It's called Get the Low Down with Low Brown. <laughs> he does uh, color analysts for the uh, Lions. He's not traveling this year, so he, he didn't get a chance to come out here. Like, you know, they play him every year, right? That's true. Yeah. You can get a condo right across the street from the stadium. <laughs> be right there. It would be good to see. DJ Humphreys end that drought. And as we talked about it, there is no game this year. Everything is virtually, but you do get to add it to your resume. Pro Bowl, all pro. And those are important. In fact, Humphreys earlier this season, quote, hopefully that will be something I can take onto my name, all pro and pro bowler at some point. It's not for me to decide, though. All I can do is go out there and put out good film and let the people decide what it's going to be end quote. And we certainly know Pro Football Focus likes what they are seeing. You can only imagine what head coach Cliff Kingsbury and Sean Kugler like as well, because Humphrey certainly, and you mentioned it at the start of this conversation, MJ, that contract that he signs, it's a bargain right now. It is. Now this year, you know, obviously you can fluctuate and push money around, but 5.7 next year goes up to 19.9. Then it goes to 18.5, a total of $44 million. So, yeah, um, but you start looking at his contract. He does have some incentives in there. Um, he has, you know, Humphrey's roster bonus is just kind of push the money around. But every game he's active, he gets $32,000. And I would assume if he's voted uh, for the Pro Bowl or All Pro, now we know it's going to be different, difficult on All Pro because you're talking about both. AFC and NFC, but I'm sure he's got some uh, achievable um, incentives because sometimes it is kind of load up. You got to make the Pro Bowl back to back years, blah, blah, blah. But so I, I think he's going to hit some of those incentives. Uh, and that's a good thing. The Cardinals have no issue paying guys if you exceed uh, the incentives. You know, it's a team game, but each contract is, is individualized. And so you're willing to pay those because they hit milestones that you maybe didn't think when you're, you know, negotiating across the table. And now you can add Humphreys to the list of players, Chandler Jones, Buda Baker, and I'd even throw in DeAndre Hopkins, although he was already good before this latest contract extension. But players, the Cardinals have signed to extensions and not have dropped off. In fact, they've improved. They've only gotten better since signing that big money deal. And you can't say that about all players, NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL. Sometimes you get that big paycheck and all of a sudden you see the total in your bank account. The mindset's a little bit different, but uh, a credit to those players. And specifically here, we talk about Humphreys on taking that as a sign. The franchise likes what they're seeing. They're making investment in me. 
And now all of a sudden, Humphreys has shown in kind the investment he's making and putting forth the work, and it's showing up on Sundays. Yeah, I remember that press conference. I want to say he came out as a junior, and uh, if the Cardinals didn't take him, Ray Brown said the uh, Carolina Panthers would take it would have taken him. And I remember he had that blue suit on, that that, that Gator blue. I can picture him right. And he was only 20 years old. And here again, he'll he's 26 as of today. At the end of the month, he turns 27. And again, as we said. He's not even scratching the surface. And you look at guys like Andrew Whitworth, and I don't know if Hump wants to play that long. But once you once you um, hone that position, you, you, gotta, you, you can hold that down for a long time because teams aren't changing left tackles left and right. That's a position where you got to have continuity and you got to make sure availability and durability are so important. And he's done that. We mentioned Buda Baker. I want to give this shout out to the Cardinals starting safety. He is the team's nominee for the 2020 Art Rooney Sportsmanship Award. It's an honor that's been given out now for the past six years. This will be the seventh straight year recognizing players who exemplify outstanding sportsmanship on the field, named in honor of the late founding owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Art Rooney Sr., all 32 teams with a nominee. Baker is this year's nominee for the Cardinals. And by the way, I looked at the rest of the list, MJ. A couple of former Cardinals on this list as well. Calais Campbell with the Ravens and Josh Bynes with the Bengals, their team's nominees. Always liked Josh Bynes and uh, unfortunate what happened to him here as far as getting released. But uh, I think that was one of those moves that in hindsight, you certainly love to have those kind of players, even though they might not be as athletic as some others at that position. But he was always one of those guys that you could count on each and every week. Yeah, he, he wasn't a household name, but he played the position. He played with, a, you know, ferocity and he wasn't afraid to stick his nose in the fan. Um, yeah. So uh, but, you know, just to be nominated for this, Larry won it about five years ago. You know, so you got the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, and then you got the Art Rooney. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just to be nominated. It's, it's just, it just adds to the accolades of Buda Baker and what we think about him, and now his peers think about him. And that, that goes a long way uh, when you're talking about a guy that, you know, has earned a contract and, you know, maybe a game here and a game there. Uh, he missed the Carolina game. And, and last week, I didn't think he played up to par. Maybe they just neutralized him. But th just to be nominated for that, is, is, that, that's, that, that goes a long way, just getting uh, respect from people that know you. It is a Thursday edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. A reminder, Bird Gang, this coming Saturday from 8 to 11 a.m. at the State Farm Stadium and Tempe Sports Complex, the Cardinals and Desert Financial Credit Union hosting a contactless drive-through toy drive. Mass volunteers will be there to collect and sanitize new unwrapped toys and donations at both locations. All contributions benefiting Helping Hands for Freedom, a group serving families of military and first responders. Again, that's this Saturday, December 5th from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. And if you show up, donate, you can also enter to win autographed items by Buda Baker. We just talked about Kenyon Drake, Larry Fitzgerald, and Patrick Peterson as well. A busy weekend at State Farm Stadium. Not only the toy drive, but then a game on Sunday, MJ. And let's 
talk about this week 13 matchup, the first game in the month of December for the Cardinals, the first of five to close out the 2020 regular season. We focused on the Rams defense yesterday. Let's talk about this Rams offense. And first and foremost, whenever you talk about an offense in the National Football League, you look right at the quarterback. And Jared Goff, who seems to have been around for a long, long time, but he is certainly a little bit different of a quarterback entering this game than he was last season in those two matchups against the Cardinals. I'll give you the numbers here in a moment, but what have you seen out of Jared Goff this year that has several people wondering and to a certain extent questioning Jared Goff and whether or not there might be a long-term future with him and the Los Angeles Rams? Yeah, I don't know if they have buyers or Morris, but they did pay him a ton of money, and he, he did bring them to the Super Bowl, even though uh, they didn't win that game. Um, he's he's up and down. He's kind of like Garoppolo. I mean, he'll throw you a ball or two. Um, the key, and one of my big keys tomorrow is going to be force some turnovers, because when he turns the ball over, um, they don't get as many possessions, and that's where, you, you know, you, you got to play complementary football. So if the Cardinals' defense can get a couple of uh, turnovers, that will go a long way. But I think sometimes he gets skittish in a pocket. I do like their run game. I think Cam Akers had a nice 61-yard run last week. Uh, Henderson, he's kind of a kind of a bulldozer. And then I think Malcolm Brown is kind of just a smooth back. Um, but, you know, it's going to come down to Robert Woods and uh, Cooper Cup. I think Cooper Cup, Cole Beasley – uh, even back in the day when he was healthy, Julian Edelman, they're be- one of the better slot receivers in football. But Craig, one thing we couldn't make the claim over the last couple of years since McVay's been the coach, the Cardinals actually have more touchdowns than the Rams at this point, 37 touchdowns compared to 32. And when you look at total yardage, Cardinals are at 4,400. The Rams are about 4,300. So I never thought we would say, you know, the, because the Rams, they, they move the ball up and down the field. But when you turn it over, you just don't have those same options. And I'm glad you brought it back to the turnovers. Last week, golf, three turnovers, two interceptions, one fumble. This year overall, he's got 14 total turnovers, 10 interceptions, four fumbles. That's tied with Kirk Cousins for the second most in the league. And it's why Sean McVay called out his quarterback at the end of last Sunday's contest, quote, Our quarterback has got to take better care of the football, end quote. The next day, he said he never considered benching golf, but even that that was a consideration from the media or thought of by outsiders, let alone by someone on the sideline, I think speaks to where the Rams and golf are right now in this relationship. Golf, I'll give him credit. He was asked about those comments yesterday, and he said, quote, he's absolutely right regarding McVay. And then he later added, I'm a big boy. I can handle it. Talking about the criticism because, hey, you know what? If you're going to get paid a lot of money, that comes with a great deal of responsibility to the point where it's on you. And right now, golf might be the reason why this team is not better than it is. Because as we talked about it yesterday, I don't know what how much more this defense can do. Right. Uh, considering what they've done so far and the talent that they have on that side of the ball, but it's the offense that hasn't lived up to its end of the bargain this season. Yeah. And, you know, I, I always going into the season, I thought we'd see more two tight end sets. Tyler Higby, he had some really good numbers in the month of December last year. And then he got Gerald Everett, who's caught some passes on the Cardinals. Um, but again, when you have Cooper Cup 
and Robert Woods and Josh Reynolds now, I, I think 11 personnel. And one thing about the Rams, Craig, they average about 12 possessions a game. Cardinals are averaging 10.6. Now, the Rams have had 131 drives this year. So they, they when they get the ball, they try to push the ball. Um, and, you know, back in the day, they were trying to snap it about 25 to 23 seconds because McVay didn't want the defense to get set up. He was able to talk to golf until the 15 or 16 second mark. Um, but I, I think now um, Goff's gonna he he's gonna have to play like I, I wouldn't say air free because that would would be fair. But if if Cardinals win the turnover battle, um, I definitely uh, like their chances now. That doesn't mean they can't win the game straight up. Um, but you got to finish. But this is a team that um, you know has played well in the second half, and you know we'll get into the defense tomorrow and some of the matchups. But if you could if you could steal a possession or two. Uh, with a turnover, that will go a long way um, where you can get Kyler Murray and the Cardinals offense on the field. Thursdays, we hear from defensive coordinator Vance Joseph, and he had this to say about the Rams and specifically about Jared Goff, calling him very accurate. He has good timing and then added with respect to the weapons that Goff has, quote, it's going to be a challenge to get those contained in the passing game. And he was specific about Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, because if you look back at last year, against the Cardinals. Not only did Goff succeed with five touchdowns and no interceptions, but Cup had 13 catches for 164 yards and two touchdowns. Woods, 20 catches, 239 yards and a touchdown. And let's not forget about Tyler Higby, a tight end. We know the Cardinals had a lot of trouble with the tight end a year ago. He had 15 catches for 191 yards and two touchdowns combining the two meetings against the Cardinals last year. So you want to make a quarterback one-dimensional and bring pressure, bring some heat, knock him off his spot. But if golf is able to get into a rhythm and that passing game yes, hot, then all of a sudden this becomes a much different game than I think Vance Joseph would like to have on Sunday. Yeah, that at that point, then I think you're looking at a shootout. But again, I, I don't know if they're capable. Uh, we know they can score, but – and their defense, I mean, they play really good complementary football. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I mean, just the fact is that, I, I, I mean, the Cardinals uh, going into the last week uh, when they played the Patriots, they blitzed the most in, of any NFL team at 43%. Goff does get rid of the ball quickly. Um, he, he doesn't really run a lot of uh, RPOs or zone reads, but he's, he's pretty much in the shotgun. He'll go under center. But if he gets rid of that ball quickly, that means he can't throw the ball down the field and he's got to get rid of it. But I, I think Vance is going to bring the heat out. Well, you look at the Cardinals defensively this season, middle of the road as far as, and that's, I'm talking average when I say middle of the road, when it comes to defending the rush or defending the pass, they are 22nd in net yards rushing allowed and 13th and net yards passing allowed. So yeah, you got to win the battle up front. So a lot of the emphasis is going to be put on the defensive line. And certainly with Rashard Lawrence back, maybe Lecky Foe too as well. You can get into a little bit of a rotation with a Zach Allen, Angela Blackson, Trevon Coley, D'Amato Petco, to where you can keep these guys fresh. And then of course, if you can get some pressure by those guys and also on the outside with Hassan Reddick, Devon Kennard, Isaiah Simmons, Kylie Fitz, Dennis Gardak, you know, name all the outside linebackers. Then you're not asking 
the back end, your secondary to cover a cup, a Woods, a Higby, a Reynolds for a long period of time, because I don't care how good your secondary is. If they've got a cover for an extended period of time, any wide receiver, any pass catcher is going to be able to get open. Yeah. And, you know, I, we had a chance to talk to Patrick Peterson on Thursday and uh, I brought up a stat according to StatWiz, Mike Helm, Arizona Cardinals. Peterson's played 18 games. And of course they will play twice between now and the end of the season. So they'll make 20. He has more interceptions, seven and touchdowns against the Los Angeles uh, than he does against any other franchise. And we know that Patrick Peterson, that rookie year where he got a chance to return some punts. Um, but also it just seems like playing against the Rams, um, he, you get the best of Patrick Peterson. And I know I'm talking about the past and, and, you know, obviously he's, he's a guy that still is considered a number one cover corner. Um, but it's just nice to see these numbers because, um, I thought it was his coming out party after he was drafted when he, what he did against the Rams. I want to say those games were earlier in the season. It seemed like, cause uh, I want to say it was his, um, what was the, uh, the announcer, Sam Rosen? Yes. He called every one uh, of <laughs> Peterson's punt returns for a touchdown. So Mark Dalton, the senior vice president of media relations, anytime Sam Rosen was on the call, that's right. That up because you never knew if 21 was back there, maybe he would take one to the house. Yeah, I, I I was I was thinking Dick Stockton, but it was Sam Rosen because he uh, he he moonlight doing some uh, NHL hockey. Now we're not going to see Peterson returning punts this no. week. I don't think so. No, I, mean, I don't. <laughs> well, no, I think I think Christian Kirk's got that, and I think Chase, considering he's not the featured back, I, I think that's who the, that what they got. But I, I want to see better returns. I mean, Belichick kicked it high to me, and, and listen. If you're one or two yards in the end zone and you feel like you're going to get blocking, but the barometer is you got to get to the 25 yard line. And if you can get to the 35, Craig, or 38, I mean, that's really one first down. You're at midfield. I mean, again, we talk about special teams when things go bad, but it'd be nice to see this team, you know, like what Andre Roberts did against them. You know, you, you start at almost the 40 yard line. It's, you know, it's a shorter field. You don't have to go on those 10 or 12 play drives. So, They'd like to see something more from the return game um, just so they can gain some field position, give their offense a short field to play with. Kirk, Isabella, and then probably in emergency situations, you've got Patrick Peterson as far as on the punt returns. He's got two punt return touchdowns, though, against the Rams in 18 games. So there is that little nugget out there. But you bring up Peterson and what he had to say earlier today. He was asked about the Rams and just their overall success against the Cardinals, but then kind of boiled it down to what they do offensively, talking about the Rams on changing the pace of the game, changing the tempo. They'll huddle, they'll speed you up, they'll slow it down. And then it's the onus becomes on the defense to adjust. And the one big key, and Peterson brought it up twice, communication you have to be able to communicate everyone on the same page all 11 defenders knowing what they're supposed to do because all it takes and we've seen this over the year in fact we've seen it over this season if one guy's out of position then a short gain becomes a long gain or even worse it becomes a touchdown yeah and I think that's gotten better I mean Jonathan Joseph I mean 36 years old but he's 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 very intelligent he can play inside and outside um, but yeah, I, I just think, you know, when you look at it, I mean, 
Murphy's playing his natural position. So, yeah, but again, it's going to be a great matchup, though. Um, when we start talking about some of these matchups tomorrow, you know, with Patrick Peterson, does, does he guard Robert Woods? Woods is really effective. And, and, they, and they run those crossing routes and those slant passes. And we know Murphy's going to have his work cut out with Cooper Cup. I think Cooper Cup, as I mentioned, and remember uh, Cole Beasley, what kind of numbers he put up against the Cardinals and who was covering him? Byron Murphy. Well, you can throw in Tyler Lockett as yep. well. Whatever receiver's been on the inside and coming yep. across the middle, that's been the Achilles heel, if you will, as far as the opposing offense really dialing up as far as amassing stats. Now, of course, the Cardinals were able to split with the Seahawks, but to your point, yeah, you have to be able to limit, and then, of course, they beat the Bills as well, but you have to be able to limit that. You can't stop everyone, so there might always be one person that is that gets loose, if you will, and has a day, but you certainly don't want several players to have breakout games. And, and we've talked about it. I mean, in, in the perfect world, you'd like to have a guy with, you know, three or four years of experience, but the Cardinals decided to take Murphy high and he's got a bright future. Uh, who knows if he'll pop outside. I ideally like to keep him inside, but, you know, for the most part, it's, it's, it's a scenario where, you know, you, you, you look at Murphy and, and I always feel like Craig, and I've mentioned this in the past, the guys were mentioning Cole Beasley and Cooper Cup and, you know, even Julian Edelman or Tyler Lockett. They're veteran receivers. And they, they're they crafty when they get off press coverage. And if they face the, the defensive back, in other words, they run in front of him, it's an automatic pass. So, again, Murphy is going to learn. He got picked on last year. He'll get better. Um, I like the, some of the plays he's made this year, you know, uh, in the fourth quarter when the game's on the line. But he's going every week. He's going against a veteran guy who's really crafty running those routes. And with Murphy as a third corner, typically that would be someone that comes off the bench, if you will. You're not a starter. And that was something Jonathan Joseph was asked about. Kyle Odegaard's got a story, a lot of pub here for Kyle Odegaard here on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2. But as far as Joseph being that veteran, but he's playing as a fourth corner and yeah. typically – you don't see that. In fact, Joseph brought it up when he first entered the league. He first mentioned that, you know, if you're a third corner, maybe you're getting 10 snaps. Now you're considered a starter to where you're getting 30, 40, maybe even 50 snaps. And that fourth corner is even seen playing time because teams are throwing the ball so much more than they did a decade ago. Yeah. I, I liked their top four corners. You know, I, I mean, I, I, I like they got a mixture of the youth, and that would be uh, Murphy. And then you got, you know, Patrick, whose first time is in his career, he's at 30 years old. You got Kirkpatrick, and then he, you got a guy that can do both. So, I, I, you know, depth wise, I feel good about that going into the, the final five games of the season. And then when you get to the postseason, you're going to play against better quarterbacks. So, um, and that can go a long way with your secondary if they can get pressure up front. And knock on wood, those four stay healthy. And I think. Yeah. Those four might be, and we're talking about Kirkpatrick as far as who's been on and off the field as far as the injury concerned. But I think Kirkpatrick played one of his better games last week. In fact, he graded out very well, according to Pro Football Focus. So if you can button up that secondary and specifically the cornerback position, yeah, you're going to need four corners. And as they say, you can never have enough, but to a certain extent, you can only have four suit up four. And then you also got 
Buda Baker, who can cover in a pinch as well. Perhaps the return of Deontay Thompson. We'll see about Jalen Thompson as the week progresses. But because of this Rams passing attack, and overall they rank 11th, but it's because they have a Cup, a Woods, a Reynolds, a Higby. They don't really throw to the running back much, but that gets back to the running back by committee, something that you pointed to earlier before the season even started, that within this division, the Rams are one of the few teams across the league that really rotates at the running back position. Yeah, and, and I really think, you know, considering they paid all that money to Todd Gurley, very similar to David Johnson, is that, you know, I, I think Sean's not pressured where I got to get in the ball to justify this, the contract. And so now, I mean, they got guys that are on rookie contracts, Cam Makers rookie contract. Henderson, he may be in the league a couple of years, but he's not making a lot of money. Malcolm Brown, he's a draft pick. So when you don't have to invest in that kind of money, and, you know, some teams will invest, like the Cardinals think of Kenyon Drake as a bell cow making 8.4 or 8.2, but some other teams, and we know uh, running backs are devalued. Now you get a guy like Derrick Henry and Delvin Cook and Alvin Kamara, I don't think they're undervalued because you still have to run the football in this league. And we know that when the Cardinals are successful, um, the run game sets up the pass game. And it works that way for the Rams as well. Daryl Henderson is their leading rusher. He's got four touchdowns, Malcolm Brown, five touchdowns. And you bring up the rookie Cam Akers, 84 yards rushing last week, plus a touchdown against the 49ers. So it's a three headed monster, if you will. And you can say the Cardinals have, a three-headed monster as well with Murray, Drake, and Edmonds. But here you have three traditional running backs that really carry the football, and they'll leave the passing game on the receivers, Cup, Woods, Reynolds, and Higby. Yeah, and, you know, I, I was talking to somebody in the offseason, and I said, you know, I, what Tyler Higby did not only against the Cardinals in the month of December, Jared, I, I said, could we see more 12 personnel? He says, no, Cooper Cup. I mean, so I, I think the Cardinals – when you say you know, sometimes you don't want to have four corners on the field and we'll see what the safety position looks like besides Buddha and Banjo and Banjo's more of a special teams guy. I think we're going to see a lot of 11 personnel, you know, where they're going to try to match up against your, your, your secondary. And, and if he gets rid of the ball, but again, get him off his spot. You know, how I feel about sacks. Yeah. Cause he'll turn a ball over again. I, I think he's very similar to Garoppolo. He gets a little antsy and he's a little uh, shaky, uh, in the pocket, and he could force a, a mistake from him. Well, and that's why the Rams right now, if you look at this three-game, or I should say, you look at this six-game stretch of theirs, they're three and three over their last six games, and it's because they can't – they're moving the football, but then they either, A, turn it over, or they're just not able to punch it into the end zone. They're on a six-game run here of scoring less than 30 points as well as their defense is played, which we talked about yesterday, that Rams offense is not doing its part. And it all comes back to keeping that football in their hands, meaning Jared Goff can't turn the ball over. And that's where teams like the 49ers last week have been able to get a win, even on the road. And even if they were depleted because of injuries or because of the reserve COVID-19 list, I'm talking about San Francisco. Yeah, if you look at third down efficiency, it's pretty much a wash. They're at 45%. Cardinals are at 44%. But red zone, Cardinals are at 74%, and the Rams are at 67%. So th- there is a difference when the teams get down to the red zone. 
and they've struggled on goal-to-go situations as well. They're only 12th in the league. 20 out of 25 times they punch it in on goal-to-go, and we know the Cardinals, that's kind of been a little bit of an issue as well. Lisa was last week against the Patriots, but if you're at that 10-yard line, inside the 10-yard line, first and goal, that's automatically has to be seven points, especially this time of year. Yeah, Cardinals 24 out of 28 goal to goal at 86%. So they do have a couple of you know, percentages higher. And if we were having this conversation over the last three years, it would be completely opposite. Yeah. Hopefully we get an opposite result this Sunday as opposed to what it's we've time. seen. Yes, yes. You it's know how I felt. Well past it, it, time. It, and, and if the Cardinals can win this game, Craig, that would be their fourth home win. With two more to go for an opportunity to get to six and six and two at home, that sounds a heck of a lot better than where they're trending at right now. Well, what do we say? I mean, let's be honest. You've you got three division games um, at home, but if you scratch out five wins at home and you're able to scratch out four on the road, and the Cardinals, if they would have won in New England, that would have been their fourth road win, but they got three road wins. So, you know, get greedy here. But, yeah, I mean, that's something we didn't see – uh, the last couple of years, I mean, usually they're either 0-6 or 1-5. And, and even though they played well against the Niners last year, they, they lost both of those games. And then they split with Seattle, and then the Rams uh, swept them. So this is the time. Um, if you want to be in that conversation, whether it's a 6 or 7 seed, uh, this is the time to knock off the Rams. Bird Gang, if you haven't, please do subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go, like Cardinals Underground, the Big Red Raids, the Cardinals Red Sea Report, and, of course, this show, Cardinals Cover 2. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. A Thursday edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, which means we are that much closer to a football Friday, which means the homework assignment for Mike Jarecki here on this Thursday evening. And we're expecting big things out of you, MJ, because there is no Thursday night football this week because of all the movement and everything. So week 13 doesn't officially kick off until Sunday morning. Don't we got a game next Tuesday? Yeah, I can't remember the schedule. It's there's so many moving parts here in 2020. It's hard to keep track. So Bottom line is all we have to do is keep track of the Cardinals. They play this this Sunday against the Los Angeles Rams. So yeah, that's what so that's that where game, our focus is. That you're right, but we got a doubleheader on Monday night. Washington football team at the Pittsburgh Steelers, and then the Buffalo Bills at State Farm Stadium against the Niners, and then on Tuesday at five o'clock, Cowboys at Ravens. Okay. In other words, your evening is free tonight, MJ. Yeah. Perfect. I mean, I, I already know what a couple are right now, but, you know, um, and, and I think I, I, I hit on a couple today, but we'll save the, uh, the real stuff for tomorrow. Sounds good. And on that note, Bird Gang, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.